Is my religion all in my head? A step in a neuroscience, faith, and non-dualistic thinking. As I have written before, I have been in a program that trains spiritual directors through the Shalem Institute, and currently find myself working on my final paper for the program, a subject of my choosing, on neuroscience and spiritual direction. As for the program itself, there is a good bit of writing and reflection, in addition to practical experiences of having several directees, hours of time and peer supervision, and of course, lots and lots of reading in the Christian spiritual classics such as John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, Brother Lawrence, Quakers and Baptist, and some more modern writers too. Yet, I am also a clinician working in outpatient mental health. And with that training and continuing education, I am also aware of how the brain functions, that there are biochemical processes, order and disorder, that can affect our mood, our perspective, our feelings, and our religious life, too. I like to think that I can hold both of these together, but in reality... I find myself feeling as if I am being stretched between two worlds, two perspectives. All of this leads to me sitting in church this morning and hearing this lectionary reading about a religious experience that Paul describes. He writes, I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that such a person, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told, that no mortal is permitted to repeat. The reading was from Second Corinthians 12, verses 2 through 4, although the reading went on longer than that. Well, immediately I began thinking about the temporal lobe of our brains, about how people with temporal lobe epilepsy regularly report religious experiences along with their seizures, that when one uses anti-seizure medication that the seizures stop, but so do the religious experiences, that if you stimulate this area of the brain that you can cause a religious experience in an individual. And these experiences are often described as beyond words. There are also reports of people feeling that they are outside of their own body during these experiences. Just as Paul writes, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. But God knows. One neuroscientist writes that there does seem to be a decentering of the self during the religious experience. And after this decentering, and after the spiritual experience, then there is an incorporation of the new insight. Remembering here that the root of the word incorporate is corpus, meaning body. This new truth is then embodied, incorporated into the revised self. 
And all of this keeps bringing me back to whether this experience is in the body or not. Whether what is happening is transcendent or a function of a particular area of our brain and the chemistry of serotonin and dopamine at that particular point in time. Yes, I keep thinking about either or. And as is often the case, the truth is more both and. Gerald May, one of the large influencers on Shalem on the program that I'm in, asks these questions about religious experience. Does it bear fruit? Does it decrease self-preoccupation? Does it increase self-knowledge? Does it increase humility? And is it open-ended, stimulating a yearning, a looking for something more? You hear in May's assessment of a spiritual experience that there is this element of the experience bearing good fruit. This is language that Jesus himself uses. The embodiment of this truth will show itself in our behavior. Behavior that is more about love of others, service to others. The trap of dualistic thinking is one where we begin to evaluate our experience as either or. Either God is in the experience or not. Either it is body-brain or something else. Truth is both and. Truth means that whatever experience we have is one that teaches us a new way to live, a way that reaches out, not in a way that causes us to retreat inward, to act in fear. And Paul concludes in the end that this dilemma is about whether, or excuse me, Paul concludes in the end this dilemma about whether the person's experience was in the body or out of the body is ultimately not something that he knows. So there is humility there with Paul. So, not with Paul, but with me, I'll keep working on this final paper, listening for the insights that come from our biology, from our embodied brains, and sitting deeply, too, with the travels of those who have walked the spiritual path before us. And humbly working to have my own thinking be much more both and than either or. <laughs>